0: Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. We're finishing a series that we started uh, at the beginning of the semester called Stepping Into the Kingdom. We're using this book, And we're talking about it every single week and using the chapters in the book. But the the basis of our study is we've been talking about what does it mean to be a part of the kingdom of God? Like, what does it actually mean? And, And we've been talking about how the kingdom of God is not a physical place. It's not a physical, like, like domain right here that you can go visit. You can get an airline ticket and fly there. But right here until Jesus comes back and we're with him forever, the kingdom of God is God's reign, his rule in the hearts and lives of Anyone who would say, I want to follow him and I want to live in that kingdom, that sin and darkness, that depression and anxiety and all the things that that the enemy would want to put on us that literally they can be expelled or, or or made to leave because the rule and the reign of God, his kingdom comes alive on the inside. And really, we've been talking about this word freedom. Someone say freedom. We've been talking about freedom, that Jesus did. It's like my favorite quote in the entire book. I wish I thought of it. Jesus did not come to to help captives cope. Jesus didn't come so that he could just help you like, you know, deal with and cope with and, you know, find some comfort and some ease in your affliction. No, Jesus came to set captives free. Jesus came so you could be free from sin. You could be fr- free from guilt, from condemnation. You could be free from sickness and disease, from, 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 from any kind of mental anxiety or depression. Jesus came so we can be free. Someone said amen. And so we've been talking about freedom, like how do we walk in freedom? And tonight I, I kind of want to lay the, uh, the final layer on this, this idea, this thought of how do we live in freedom and it's actually not a part of the book. Uh, I was going to preach the last chapter of the book. And then this week, as I was kind of thinking about it, I thought, you know, th- there's this other thought, this other topic that I feel like the Lord wants me to talk about. And I want to talk about tonight, if you if you have your notes, I want to talk about the importance and the power of response. The importance and the power of you and I learning to actually respond to God. James chapter 5, uh, I want to read you three verses. Uh, I think it's 4, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, four verses tonight. James chapter 5. It'll be on the screen, but it's also in your notes. And we're going to use this text right here to help us to see the power, the importance of response and what that actually looks like. This is what James says. J- James says, is anyone among you suffering? Have you ever had a bad day before? Like, can can we just be, be honest in the room tonight? Anybody, have you had a bad day today? I've had kind of a bad day today. Let me tell you why I had a bad day. And and I know, like, Brandon, like, those are really silly problems. But I had a bad day today because my kids woke me up too early. <laughs> if you're thinking about having kids right now, I would highly discourage you from doing that. Um, primarily because you're in high school. Um, but secondly, or middle school, yeah. Um, but secondly, because they wake you up so Early, and uh, so this morning, uh, our middle child came into my room at 5:30 a.m. And then uh, once I got kind of got her settled, my son—I love him—but starting at 5:45, he just starts screaming, "Daddy, Daddy!" And I—I uh, I left him in there for an hour. That's the kind of paradigm. I'm like, I just—I'm putting my AirPods in. I don't—I can't hear this right now. And then at 5:45, I'm a terrible husband. Um, I got him out of his crib and put him in bed with Jenny, and then left um, because I couldn't deal with it. But but the Bible says if if anyone among you is suffering let him pray. Uh on the contrary if anyone among you is cheerful let him sing songs verse 14. And and if any one among you is sick Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse fifteen: For the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he'll he'll be forgiven. Verse 16, and we're gonna read this like two or three times because this is the one I really, really, really want for for it to sink in tonight. James says, and confess your trespass to one another. Open your mouth and be willing to talk about and admit, I am not a perfect person and I have issues and I'm actually not okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing well right now. Confess your trespass to one another and pray for one another. Ha- has somebody ever told you they're praying for you and you're pretty sure what they meant is I'll think about you for five seconds, but then I'm going to forget about it. It's like, oh bro, praying for you. Anyways, I'll have the number four with uh, ranch dressing. It's like you're not really praying for me, but but pray for one another. Listen, that you may be healed for the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails. I want to read that again. James says, confess your trespass to one another. Open your mouth, confess your trespass to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. For the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. If you're taking notes, uh, you can write this down. Or if you have your notes, the title of the sermon uh, tonight is Looking Good While Dying. Looking Good While Dying. It's kind of a weird title, uh, but it'll make sense momentarily. Looking Good While Dying. Let's pray one more time. Ask God to speak to us tonight. And then we're going to jump into this passage. God, thank you so much for the Bible It is your actual living, breathing word. And we invite you tonight, Holy Spirit, to speak to us. We invite you tonight, Holy Spirit, to open up every eye and every heart, to hear, to receive, every eye to see tonight, the things you have for us. I pray that every distraction and everything that would take our attention away from hearing from you, that in the name of Jesus, it would leave this place right now and hearts and lives would be open to hear you, to receive from you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, "Amen and amen." Looking good while dying. Uh, by show of hands, have you ever worn an item of clothing that was mad uncomfortable? This like anybody ever happened? Um, j- just like on the count of three, yell at me real quick the most uncomfortable item of clothing you've ever worn. One, two, three. <laughs> The, 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 the ROTC uniform, yeah. ROTC uniforms too. Why is, it so, why is it so uncomfortable? It's like baggy and heavy and itchy. Baggy and heavy and itchy. All the things that sound like the worst outfit ever baggy, heavy, and itchy. Um, we wear things quite often, let's be honest, that have nothing to do with comfort, but everything to do with looking good. Like, like, I know, like, a lot of people, like, you're into this because I, you're wearing it right now. Um, me and my man Isaiah, we got muscular legs. You know what I mean? Like, we, like, we, like we're in the gym doing squats. Um, I can't do skinny jeans. Like, skinny jeans to me, uh, anybody you actually think they're comfortable. Like, they're just like these, like, I don't, I don't know what, Garrett, don't lie. I don't know why. Like, they're not, I've tried them before. I even got the ones with the stretch in them. They're not comfortable. Um, or or like like in the summertime, and I know some of you in here, like the, you fall into this category and I'm not judging you. I'm just making an observation. It's like in the summertime, you see people with like black skinny jeans and like black boots and like a full sweatshirt and a hoodie and a beanie and gloves. And it's like, dude, it's a billion degrees right now. Like you do look good, but you're also going to die in 0.5 seconds. But but this is what we do. We sacrifice comfort for, for for looking good. I remember when I was younger, um, I grew up in Southern California, so it really actually doesn't get that cold. Um, but I refused from sixth grade to eighth grade to wear a jacket. I, I don't know why, but something in my mind, I'm like, jackets aren't cool. Sweatshirts aren't cool. Like what's cool is my, t- I was really into skateboarding. I was terrible, but I was really into it. What's cool are the skateboard t-shirts that I'm wearing. Like this is cool. And so my, my dad, we'd, I'd leave for school in the morning when it's cold, and he'd be like, no jacket, huh? Yup. And he would say it almost every morning. He'd go, yup, too cool for cold. The kid is just too cool for, but, but it was true. It didn't matter if it was freezing. I'm choosing looking good over, over like comfort. Like it, it's, I, I just, I just want to look, look good. The reason I titled the sermon tonight, looking good while dying, is because I think that that, <clears throat> that thing in us that often chooses the appearance Often chooses looking good, often chooses the perception, the acceptance, the approval of other people over what we actually need. I think it translates to more than just than just clothing items. Here's the observation I'd like to make tonight as we're talking about responding to God. There are many of us, myself included, that that at key moments and junctures we actually do not respond to God in the way God asks us to, the way God invites us to, because, ah, that's kind of weird. That's, that, that's kind of uncomfortable. I'm not going like, to like go out and like raise my hands and like sing loud. Like, ah, like I invited a friend tonight and I'm kind of hoping that, you know, like I'm going to like ask this person to prom and like that's, like, that's, that, that's, we- like, that's weird, man. I'm not going to be like, I actually forgot to put deodorant on tonight. I'm not about to lift my hands because I, I smell bad. Be- and and we, we sacrifice responding to God. We we, we, we sacrifice lifting our voice, lifting our hands. We sacrifice going and, and receiving prayer. We sacrifice doing the things that God is inviting us to do, even though we desperately need God's hand to move in our life. Even though we desperately need the supernatural power of God to do something in us that we cannot do in ourselves, we often would rather sit, in whatever it is that's afflicting us or killing us from the inside out, then, then risk looking weird or looking un, uncool. Ah, that's awkward and, and re- responding to God. If, if you're a practical person, which by show of hands, anybody, uh, you're a lot like my wife, not like me, and you're super practical. Like you're into to-do lists. Like you just, like you want to just tell me what to do, any practical people? Like three people, that's awesome. Jenny and three people. Um, if you're a practical person, read the book of James. Because let me just put put you up on uh, like just information what James is about. The book of James is the most practical book in the Bible because here, here here's why James is written. James was written to Christians a lot like you and I in 2020. James was written to Christians who, because of the grace of God, because of the goodness of God, because of the free and full forgiveness of sins, didn't think it was actually a big deal to obey him and walk in his commandments. James was written to Christians who were like, oh no, like like we used to have to do all that stuff that God asked us to do. But now that Jesus has come and like we could be forgiven, like that's, ah, it's legalistic, man. Like we we don't have to do all all of that. One of the key verses in James, James 2.17 says this, "'Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. One of the key verses and key thoughts in the book of James is you can say all you want. Yeah, man, I believe in Jesus. Cool. James says, that's amazing. um, But I would rather you close your mouth and prove it in in the way that you live your life. James literally says in chapter two, he, he goes, that's cool. You can say you have faith, but I'm just gonna prove or demonstrate my faith by the way that I, that I live. One of my all-time favorite examples when it comes to this concept, because some people are like, I don't know, Brandon, like, I can believe in Jesus, but like not do everything that, that, that he says. One of my favorite examples is, let's just say someone ran in here tonight, which they're not going to, so no one panic, no one freak out. But let's just say that someone ran in here and they're like, everybody, the building is on fire. If you don't get up and leave, we're all gonna die. If you get up and you flee, you run out of here screaming with like dire fear and passion. That is evidence and proof to what you you believe that that message that person brought. But but if you're like ah, that dude's crazy. I that guy's in he he's in my second block class. Like he I'm pretty sure he has like a 32 right now. He is not the brightest light bulb. Um, we, we're good and. And and you just kind of, that's proof and evidence to what you you don't you don't believe the thing that person's saying. This is what James is trying to bring out in chapter two, and he goes, "Hey guys, um, the the proof or the evidence that you believe in Jesus is not the profession of faith that you made. It's not actually even your church attendance. It's the way you live." It's, it's your obedience and following and walking this way. This is not the sermon. So I'm going to move on quickly. But Jesus actually says in his teachings before he died, buried, rose again, and went to heaven. Jesus actually said, you know, there's going to come in, in the last day, which like it's, Halloween's past. We're about to go to Thanksgiving and Christmas is a happy time. So I'll let's say one more scary thing before we get to Thanksgiving. But Jesus goes, you know, in a real way, on that last day, there's going to be a lot of people. Who, who are going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm pumped! Finally, we're here, and I'm going to look at them and go, uh, what would you would you say you? Yeah, bro, you're not on the list. What do you mean? And Jesus said their response to him like, dude, Jesus, we did so many good things in your name, like we like we 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 did Operation Christmas Child in your name. I went to a Christmas Eve service in your like we we, and he's going to say, yeah yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't that you claimed, it was was, was the fact that, that you actually didn't follow and walk and live in my way. You actually didn't have relationship with me. This is the book of James. And, And James in chapter five, where we're reading tonight, he begins to talk about our need for response. Someone say response. Um th- th- throw back up there, James chapter 5, uh, verse 13. I want to go through this one more time. He says, is anyone among you suffering? You're not doing well. You, you're having a really bad day, a really bad year, a really bad lifetime. You're like, you're not. If anyone among you is suffering, let him respond to God by praying. On a different note, if anybody's having an amazing day, If anyone among you is like, actually 2020 has been the best year ever and my life is the the best it's ever been, awesome. Respond to God by singing songs. Respond to God by by being pumped and excited and realizing it's God who's been gracious to you and by giving Him praise. It goes on in verse 14 and says, "And, and if anybody among you is sick, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, relationally, you're not doing well. Let him respond to God by calling for the elders of the church, by calling for the leaders of the church and going, hey man, I'm not doing well. Will you pray for me and anoint me with oil? Because verse 15 says, for the prayer of faith will save the sick. And, and verse 16, where, where we're kind of landing tonight. And, and, and confess your trespass one to another. Pause real quick. I I want to make sure we're all on the same page that the only way that we know, someone say no, No. the only way we know when something in our life isn't right is because of God's love. There's this weird verse where, where the Bible goes, God, he corrects those he loves. Ah, I need a better translation because I really want like I, I want the translation that says in God, he gives a lot of money to those he loves. That's that's my kind of God right there. Like God, he, he magically makes my 34 turn into a 94 in biology because he loves me. Someone said, to hell, hail, hail Mary to that, amen. <laughs> like, please God. <laughs> but, but there's this weird verse that goes, God, he actually corrects those whom he loves. It, it's the same reason that when one of my kids Runs out in the middle of a parking lot that I correct him. Ah, what a bad dad. Do you see that guy over there? What a bad dad. See him correcting his kid? It's like, bro, he's a kid. Let him live his life. Like, he used to run in the parking lot? Like, that's his choice. Bob goes, no, no, no. no. Because God loves you and I. He actually proves and demonstrates his love in correcting us. But, he, but he, here's, the, here's the thing about correction. God is is gracious, he's gentle. He he he's he's patient. But but God doesn't actually hang hang around forever. Do do, do you know why some things and let, let's just be honest tonight. We 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 need a monitor over there because I like to sit, but I'm always like on this side of the room and I'm like I should go over here too, but there's I guess I could sit on that thing. Um but 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 that, that that's why there's some things that when, when you first start crossing that line, you felt super guilty, but now you don't. That, that's why there's some things that like you, I, I never, th- like I, I'll never do that, but now you're doing it with ease. Be, because what happens is the Holy Spirit begins to correct us or convict us, go, hey, that's, that's not who I've called you to be. Hey, that, that's, that's not the thing. That, that's not that's not who and how you're supposed to be living. But every time we're like, eh, eh. The Bible says our heart grows harder. Our, our heart grows colder to to the point that that thing that used to cause our stomach to be all in knots. And we're like, I can't believe I crossed that line. That that now we're all the way over here. We're like, it's not a big deal. Ah, it's so legalistic that you would even say, and, because the Bible says, God, he corrects those whom he loves. But but, but every time we go, ah, I, I'm not listening to that, that our hearts grow a little bit colder, a little bit harder. And all of a sudden now sin, it's not so difficult. It becomes easy. It becomes casual. It becomes lifestyle. We only know that we're not okay because of the loving correction of God. Now with that in mind, listen to verse 16 again. And, and we could insert in verse 16, when God begins to lovingly speak to you, when God begins to lovingly correct you, when, when, when God begins to nudge your heart to say, hey, you know who I've called you to be. You know the calling that's on your life. Hey, you know the things I've spoken to you. You, you know how it is that I've asked you to live. And when God begins to speak to you, James says in verse 16, respond to God. By confessing your trespass to one another. And I want you to notice this. And pray for one another that you may be forgiven. Nope. Because forgiveness happens between you and God. We, we read this a couple weeks ago, but First John 1, 9, it says that if you would confess your sin to God, that God is faithful and God is just every single time to forgive you and to cleanse you. But why is it like big question of the night Why is it that we can be forgiven and yet still feel broken on the inside? How how is it that I can confess my sins to God and I can be forgiven and yet on the inside, I don't feel whole? Because forgiveness happens between you and God. But according to James 5.16, healing comes, wholeness comes when we respond to God by being open and vulnerable and transparent with, with one another. I'll give you three, three thoughts tonight. Uh, thought or more if you're taking notes, or if you have the notes is this, that response is required. We won't read Romans chapter 10 for time's sake, but all through the Bible, we can see response is always required. Have you ever texted someone before? And like an idiot, they have their red receipts on. I do not have my red receipts on because I don't want you to know if I read it or not. But that person you text and and you can see they read it and, and you see the little bubbles and they don't respond. Am I the only one that I want to climb inside my phone and hurt that person? Like it is, it is uber annoying when, when you're texting someone and and when you're texting that person and you're like, like, I know they read, they read my text, but they don't respond. I'm just kidding, Isaiah. You always respond to my text in a very timely manner. But it's like, like, dude, come on. Can, can I just like make an observation? Your red receipts are always on with God. Your red receipts are always on with God. God knows you heard him. God knows you got the message. God knows when conviction comes to your heart. God knows when your ears have been opened. God knows when your eyes have been opened. Your red receipt is always on with God. And response with God is always required. But but oftentimes this is what we do with God. Oftentimes with God, God speaks to us. God convicts us. And we're like, ah. And, and, And God knows that we read it. God knows that we received it. And, and the little bubbles are going, and then we just move on. But the Bible says over and over again, response is required. Thought number two tonight in, in the notes is that response, it should be within community. Now we, we kind of already touched on this, forgiveness is between you and God, but healing, but wholeness comes when we learn to be open and honest and vulnerable and transparent in the context of community. Like, did did you notice in the passages we read in James chapter five, that almost every one of those responses are responses that happen within the context of of, of community? I wanna read you a couple of thoughts that I wrote down. All the scripture we read in, in James, All of scripture we read in James are all in the context of of community. Community, why? Because there's no power in the world or in, in, in the unbeliever. Why is it sometimes we are the most open with people outside of these walls? Why is it sometimes that we are the most transparent and we confide the most in people that are outside of these walls when it's inside the walls of the church, the community that God's called you to, that there's the power to be prayed for and the power for for, for God to speak a word and and the power for God to move in, in a powerful way. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, it says this in Hebrews chapter 10, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. The Bible says the whole reason that we get together, the whole reason that we are a church community is not to hear songs and sermons. Like we in in the American church, we think, yeah, you go to church to hear the song, to hear the sermon, But the Bible goes, that's part of it. The actual real reason is so that you can like together keep getting better and keep growing and encouraging and praying for and speaking life into one another. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says this, the one may be overpowered by another two can withstand him and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. By yourself alone, you are easily taken out. You get, a, you get a really good friend and you, you, you got a chance, but, but a threefold core, what's the Bible talking about? You, community, and the power of God, you cannot be, be broken. I wrote this in the notes, that your best friends and your closest confidants should be inside the walls of the church God has called and placed you in. That might be a really irritating statement for a lot of people. Um, I, I, I remember when I was in high school, that um, a lot of my closest friends uh, were not actually people that were in inside of like my church community, but, but it's because that I wasn't actually really engaging like I should, but, but I'm, I'll stand by it. Your best friends, the people that, you, that are your closest confidence, they should be the people inside the community that God has called you to because the healing... And the power to grow and to change and tra- transform, the Bible says happens within the context of community. Third thought, and then we're done right here. Response is powerful because it brings the supernatural power of God. It's only when we respond to God that the supernatural power of God is released to bring healing and to bring deliverance. James 5:16, we've read it multiple times, but it says, confess your trespass one to another. Be open, be honest, be vulnerable. Confess your trespass one to another. Get prayed for so that you can be healed and you could be, I don't know about you, but I wanna be healed and I, I wanna be whole. But, but, but let me in, in the spirit of vulnerability and transparency tonight, let me just say that even I myself am may work in progress when it comes to to, to being open. H- has anybody ever said something to you before and in the moment you denied it, but you knew they were telling the truth? There, it's like, like, I can't tell you how many times I've sat down to coffee with people and like not in a weird way, but the Holy Spirit will kind of like prompt me like, ah, like they're not doing well. And I'm like, hey man, like, how are you doing? Amazing, really? Um, but but like like how, how how are you in 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 your relationship? The best I've ever been in my whole life is like that's not probably actually true. I, I was at coffee with someone that I that I asked if if they'd be kind of a mentor. I Said hey, I really respect you. Um, would 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 you would, would you mentor me? Would you help me to grow and help me to get better in the things of God? This was probably six months ago. This is right before COVID actually, and we're, we're sitting at an Amelies. Uh, it's a coffee shop, and we uh, were sitting there. And, and with a big smile, they looked at me and they said, you know, here's the problem. Okay. Like, yeah, like, like so that's why I'm here. I need a mentor. Tell me the problem. He said, here's the problem. Um, you are very measured with your words. I thought it was a compliment. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I don't like to brag, but I'm pretty measured. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, you're, you're pretty measured. I'm like, okay, well, like, cool. Thanks. Thanks so much. What What do you mean? They said, I, I can tell every time we talk. So I've known you for a long time. I can tell every time we talk that you're measuring the environment. You're measuring me. And you're saying only what you think is appropriate for the environment and and what I want to hear. And they said, and here's the problem with that. You... You can never actually be mentored, helped. You can never actually get healed and be whole if you're not willing to actually be open and honest. They said, I'm, 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 I'm totally down. I, I, I will help you. I'm here, but it's going to require you to be. And it's one of those moments that I'm like, no, like, I, don't, I don't feel like, like I'm that way at all. Like, I'm, but on the inside, I'm like, I know what you're talking about. And actually there are some things, there are some areas that I don't think that I really want to talk about just just, like, like just, just quite yet. But, but the Bible says, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be whole? Like, do, do you want to experience the freedom and the supernatural power of God? You got to open your mouth and you got to respond to the loving conviction and correction of God by going and finding that that pastor that leader that 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 person in in your connect group that friend and go hey man this is awkward this is weird i'm really struggling right here i don't want to be like this i don't want to think like this i'm actually not doing okay right here i i'm I, I feel confused i feel lost like would 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 you would you pray for me and and at the same time and Kimberly, you can come up and play and help me to be done right now. And at the same time, we, we have to be willing as a community. Someone that community. Look at your neighbor and say, that means you. Okay. We, we have to be willing. We got to be willing to, to have open hearts and open arms that, that we love each other enough, that we speak life and encouragement enough, that, that we're we're available enough, so that someone can come to you and go, hey man, would you? And and your response can be, yeah, hey, right now, let's let's pray. One one of the most powerful things that I I ever saw, and and I'm done right here. Well, I'm almost done. Um, I about two years ago, I was in L.A. and I went to this really cool church, and by by cool I mean it was really cool. Like I I walked in and immediately I thought. I don't belong here. I am like I don't. I don't have the right clothes on. I don't have enough piercings or tattoos. Um, Kimberly, Isaiah, for sure. I think like these are their like they're cooler. I'm not. And 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 I, I, this is judgmental of me for sure. Like don't judge me, but I was being judgmental. I, I'm kind of like all right. Like these are a lot of really cool, trendy people, and and immediately something something in me was like I I wonder. I wonder how like spiritual this, this place is. So I'm sitting there we're, we're in a big theater, probably you know, two, 3000 people and um, waiting for the service to start kind of um, by, my, by myself. And um, in the front row in front of me with like the, like in my wildest dreams, I would be this cool. God, I want to be this cool. And like this, like the coolest people. And, and, and I'm kind of watching them and, and one of them walks in and I, I don't know what he said. One of them walks in, his head, head was kind of hanging low. And, And I couldn't hear him, but but he's he's talking. And all of a sudden, the whole row gets up. The whole row, some emotions, the whole row gets up and they surround this guy. And all of a sudden I could hear because they got kind of loud. And the whole row is laying hands on this guy. They're praying for him. They're praying in the Holy Spirit. They're speaking life over him. They're speaking God's word over him. And I remember sitting there like, that's the kind of church I wanna go to. That's the kind of friends I wanna have. That's that's the kind of place I wanna call home. A place where, because people so desire to be healed and to be whole and to be right with God and to have freedom and to have life, that they're willing to be open and honest and vulnerable. They're willing to to say things like, I'm actually not doing okay and I need prayer. That, That people are willing to surround one another Good, let's pray, let's believe God, let's speak the word and the life of God because Jesus offers freedom. So I I promise we're done right here. I have one closing question that I'm I'm gonna let you go because I'm sure cars are already lined up. But here's my one closing question. What is it, what is it God is lovingly dealing with you about tonight? What is it? Nobody has arrived at perfection. What is it that God is lovingly dealing with your heart about? What is it that every time you get in church, every time worship happens, every time you're you're in your bedroom by yourself, that God, what's God lovingly dealing with your heart about? And here's the real question. How will you respond? Because remember, your red receipts are always on with God. God God loves you. God is patient, but God knows that you hear Him. And God requires response. Why does God require response? Because God desires to be involved and for His supernatural power to bring healing. How do I respond? Number one, numero uno, Spanish, is, 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 is you need to respond to God. God, I hear you. God, I, I've kind of been ignoring the text, but God, I hear you and I just, I just repent. I ask you, God, that you'd forgive me. I ask you, God, that you would help me and respond to God, but then secondly, if I'm just gonna be a Bible person, you gotta find a friend. You gotta find a leader. You, you gotta find someone to go, hey, I, I need to be open and honest. I need to talk to you. Not just so that we can be like, bro, that's crazy. Me too. I remember one time I was reading this verse. and I'm like, all right, like, I'm totally going to do this. And I went and talked to an idiot friend of mine. And I'm like, all right, like, I, like he's like, we're, like, we're going to like, like, he's going to pray for me. And his response was, bro, me too. Crazy. And I'm like, I just poured my heart out. And you're like, yeah, for real, it sucks. Me too. Like, I want prayer, man. But you got to find someone to go, hey, I, I need to be open and honest. And I need you to pray for me. I need, to, I need you to lay your hand on my shoulder and agree with me. Not just that God would forgive me because God has forgiven me, but that God would bring healing and wholeness. I need accountability that you're going to help me to walk in the freedom and the of freedom. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.